1: Sean Bull collegiately at the University of Central Florida. Sean is also the Storm Staff Development Manager. Sean, it's Tim Berg and Coach K, Steve Klempkin here. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, well, let's get started here, Sean. So, you know, you and I, we got to know each other a little bit. Actually, overseas, it wasn't here in Asia. You were actually helping coach uh, Team Thailand for several years, and and I had been uh coaching Team Korea for a little bit as a technical consultant and then uh, had also coached in Singapore as well working with their national team. What was that like for you that experience uh helping coach Thailand?
2: Uh, I mean I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um you know you got to see how, you know, other uh, you know, other cultures, you know, how how much more respect they have for the game of bowling, for the sport of bowling. And, you know, how it's it's treated, you know, on a much higher level than it is here in the United States. Um, So I thought that aspect of it was, was pretty crazy. Um, You know, the the bowlers are on salary, they're paid, actually retire and they continue to get paid. You know, it's it's an actual, it's a job they're they're treated as ambassadors to their, of their country. Uh, So I, it was pretty eye opening, as, as, you know, viewing it from here to there.
1: And so, Sean, you bowled collegiately at the University of Central Florida. We're, we're quite an accomplished player in your own right. How were you able to use some of the what you learned on the lanes, and then even just from some of the coaches that you had to uh, to help you as, as a coach and help you overseas?
2: Yeah. Uh, so you know, Pat Costello was the coach at UCF when I went there. Um, yeah, so she she's pretty strict, and you know it was all about team, team, team. So, you know, learning that from her, uh, you know, kind of instilled that into how I wanted them to work together, uh, communicate. Because, uh, I mean, the culture over there is, you know, they, they don't move until they're told to move. So it's kind of, uh, mm. you yeah, know, it's, mm-hmm. it's the, the guy in charge is the guy in charge. And I wanted to uh, change the, a little bit, you know, as far as and, and instead of, you know, just staying in the same spot waiting, they would ask permission. Um, you know, and, and Pat Pat, and John Gaines was my personal coach when I was here, when I'm here in Orlando. And, uh, you know, what I learned from those two as far as knowledge and teamwork and and how to coach, uh, I feel, was a, a pretty good, you know, foundation to, to build off of.
0: Well, you just mentioned, you know, John Gaines and, and Pat Costello and that you just had them there kind of locally as your coach. And I guarantee you that, I mean, those are two names that are just some of the you know the sharpest and brightest, most talented bowlers around. How how lucky do you consider yourself just to have two people like that, uh, just right there in your area?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, experience. You can just call up John and ask him anything. And I mean, he's basically done it all. So yeah, I mean, just being able to use him as a as somebody to get knowledge from and ask questions. You know, it
0: was it was kind of cheating. <laughs> <laughs> can tell you i knew john very well we worked together at the uh, at the booth at the open championships uh, for a couple of years there and uh, we really got to sort of almost learn together we bowled uh, and competed on the lanes together in the, the world team challenge championships and uh you know when it comes to uh strategies as far as playing lanes and working uh together when it comes to team competitions i mean he's he's definitely definitely got it all what did you what did you learn the most Uh, If we just had to kind of maybe pick one or two things, you mentioned Pat Costello, you know, learning and so focused on team play and contributing to the team. What do you, what do you feel like you learned the most from John?
2: Patience, (laughs) believe it or not. You know, that was, I'm, I have a pretty good temper. uh, And patience still hasn't come. they, they say it comes when you get older. I, I'm still waiting. Uh, But, you know, he, (laughs) he did tell me, yeah, he, he did, I mean, I distinctly remember uh, when I went and bowled the tat, I called complaining about something. I wasn't going to bowl it anymore. I was done with squads, yada, yada, yada. And he gave me the, you just got to be patient. You went there to bowl, just keep bowling. Bowl until you can't bowl anymore. Just be patient. It'll eventually, it'll come to you. You know, each squad, each real oil is different. And uh, I ended up winning the thing, so... <laughs> That was kind of a, <laughs> the, main, the, the main thing was the, the patience. It's so hard, but it definitely goes a lot further than getting mad and getting upset.
1: So, Sean, you have a, a wide variety of experience. You also worked the USBC boots. You've done a lot in the on the drilling side of things, and it is called the Storm Collegiate Spotlight Podcast, so we do have some younger listeners to the show. I'd love to get your thoughts on how much – do you think, or what's your advice for someone younger when it comes to understanding and how much drilling, uh, how much they should understand regarding drilling layouts, and uh, and what, how how involved do you think they should get, or what's a what's an easy way for someone who isn't so experienced to get a little bit more involved and continue to add knowledge when it comes to layouts and and, um, and everything of that sort.
2: Uh, I mean. Uh, I was lucky enough to – same thing. I was lucky enough to gain – John had the, the shops here in Orlando. I mean, I, I, I would say the best way to gain more knowledge is to just ask the pro shop guy. I mean, most of them – or pro shop in your, in your center, most of them want you to learn because they get tired of hearing the same questions every day. So they're there to help you, and they want to educate you. And most of the time, though, you can eventually start working in there and that's where you really gain the knowledge because then you start seeing all the different styles of bowlers and what they like, what they don't like. Um, you know, that's how I started. I, I needed a job in college. And, well, what better way when you're bowling to learn a little bit more about stuff? Uh, so, I mean, I, I, the pro shop is the best way, in my opinion, to get going. And you just meet so many people that way. You never know who you're going to run into. Um, you know, with, with games, I ended up. And being able to work the booth yeah you know, he put me with the right person ended up working the booth and i worked the tour truck you know
0: so just kind of went from there now when you talk about working the booth and the open championships you know being there on site what do you think's the the number one mistake that that most people make when they go there because we see a lot of you know really highly you know bowlers with 220 230 averages or so that go to the open championships and struggle what do you think's the number one mistake they make
2: I personally think they they want their ball to hook too much. So whether it be putting too much surface on it, drilling it too strong, or it flares too much, you know, all of that tournament is about is keeping keeping it in play and making your spares in the beginning until the lanes open up a little bit. And I mean, those patterns are designed to be tough. So you're not going to go there and be able to do what you do at your, your home center where you... Can kind of stand in the same area week in week out, use the same ball. You know, just because you're going to the tournament, I mean, it doesn't all. You don't always need the ball that hooks a zillion boards in order to to put up a number. So, I I personally think it's
1: too strong a bowling ball. It's too much surface. I bet. I wish you had a. I bet you wish you had a dollar for every time someone came in and said, "So, what's working out there?" You know what? What are oh, people yeah, throwing? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you've never seen them throw what a shot, good? and you're supposed uh, to pick a ball for them, right?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, what did uh, what did the guy that's leading you? All right. Well, I I don't know how you throw it, and I can't exactly go get a lane for you. So, what we'll is guess?
1: and and i feel like that's i mean it we're all guilty of that as uh, our you know amateurs are like myself not like you guys but amateurs are always guilty we we come to you guys and we're looking for just knowledge but it's more going and watching and such and and that's what you guys do i mean i've seen people do that yeah. when i'm out there you'll go and watch a little bit of the squad or you'll see the little eagles next to their names or the little you know the uh, you know, little symbols so you know the person has actually done something and you'll go watch them. And But I feel like it's knowledge that people are – are that's what they're seeking, but that's what you guys are seeking as well at the OCs.
2: Oh, yeah, especially as the, the tournament goes on. I mean, you know, it's, it's not like it's a one-weekend tournament. So the lanes are changing uh, But constantly. I mean, people are going in there with 500-grit bowling balls every week. So <laughs> the lanes get more and more – traction on them Uh, and so by the you know from the first ball to the last ball they're i don't want to say they're not close because i mean the same oil patterns being put out but that that track or that area of the lane
0: where it's good gets worse yeah that is something and you and i'm guessing now you've definitely seen those differences you know in the topography and lane surface now in in the time you've spent here with it storm here repping uh, and you've been with us now for, it's been uh, a year now, hasn't it? Yeah, it has. Yep. Been kind of a crazy year though. That's for sure. Definitely ah, not a typical mm-hmm. year in what you what you were expecting okay. uh, the professional bowling uh, season to look like when you first signed on, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, we worked pretty much the first three months of the year and then, you know, we're out on the road, different city, different hotel, you know, different bowling center. And, then it just, came to a halt at basically the end of the world series just cut down done but the pba yeah, has that done was... a, a good job of getting getting stuff together i mean you know, you know we, we've been able to finish the world series we had the events down here in jupiter florida I and mean, they've done a good job keeping it you know in, in the spotlight i guess i should say
0: and there's a couple of big majors that that were you know when we're talking about looking at they moved the major championships the the masters uh and the us open there they moved them to reno what were your thoughts when you first heard that it was moving there to the stadium
2: uh i mean i i personally like reno maybe not like that one block so much but outside that 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 area is super nice um and i don't i i'm kind of biased not because i'm left-handed my ball doesn't strike in the stadium but i think the the venue is outstanding i mean it's you know where else can you go and and have that type of setting there's not many places so i personally like it It's it's kind of a pain to ball rep because it it is 80 lanes straight across so it's hard to see when someone's struggling but i i like that venue a lot
1: and yeah can you kind of talk about that how it is learning a new staff and and even you know it's um i guess some people have described it as you're you're like a caddy using the golf term you know on the PGA tour you're like people's caddy but you're you're kind of not their caddy you're some people need more than others and can you kind of walk us through your mindset when it comes to doing that and then even some of the people you've helped uh, that have helped kind of shape you and and how you do things because i'm guessing everyone has their own way of Communicating with the players out there.
2: Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you wear many hats as a ball rep. You know, you're the psychologist. You're the the caddy. You're the you're their eyes. I mean, you're scouting Paris for them. Um, I, it gets yeah, it it gets overwhelming at times. Um, I I don't really know. I mean, I, my the first year I did it, um, I was kind of I was bringing what I had kind of learned over in Asia, watching pairs, scouting pairs. And you know, brought it over here and just kind of built off of it. I mean, the biggest thing is, is learning the players' personalities and, and what they like to hear, how you can talk to them and keep them calm, uh, what they don't like to hear, which you learn very quickly when you slip up. Um, yeah, so uh, it, it's just taking the time to, to learn the player, what they, what they like to see, and then trying to – inch them towards it instead of telling them you need to do this you know doesn't always work that way with a lot of a lot of them can't just say hey you need to do this go do it and then which we all know doesn't ever work out well um so i mean it's it's more learning the 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 player and their personality and
0: then building off of that and establishing a relationship and then final question i've got for you sean i'm going to kind of loop back around a little bit to your to your time in college and uh, you did hit on a little bit with uh, the mention of what you had learned as far as uh, tips, like from from John Gaines and from Pat Costello uh, regarding patience and such. But uh, for our young listeners, there's a lot of listeners we have that are uh, either, you know, trying to figure out what the right college is or where they should go bowl in college, or maybe they're already competing. Um, What's the one piece of advice maybe that you wish kind of looking back on it now, uh, that you wish you would have had that would have made for, you know, the, the, even a more successful collegiate career than you had, you know, they always kind of talk about the wisdom and stuff that you do or patience. Like you said, you kind of learn as you grow older, but, uh, is there anything else that you're, you know, you're kind of looking back and you're like, wow, that would have been really helpful in college that I wish I would have known back then.
2: Uh, oof, that's a tough one.
0: Uh,
2: oh, man, it is
0: a tough one. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, I mean, yeah, the one thing I would say, it, it goes by real quick. So don't sweat the little things. You know, the, the little things can ruin trips, can ruin, you know, friendships or relationships. The little things are, they'll blow over. Uh, try to enjoy it as much as possible because it it's done quick. Those, those four years go by really fast. It doesn't seem like it will when you're 17 or 18. And then you blink and you're 23 and you're done. Uh, as far as on the lanes, what I would say, I wish I would have known more about would be more of like the, the, the tendency of, of kind of what each specific, you know, I would have taken notes better as far as the houses we go to that way. When we go back there, I kind of know the lane tendencies, especially now that I do it on, on tour. I mean, it, it helps the guys tremendously. I would, I would make house notes for the centers I visit You know, whether I was on 25 and 26 and then we moved to 30, 31, 32 and how different they were, or how similar they were. Or if there's like a hang spot here or the middle lane wasn't very good, stuff like that. Because those are those are things you can use for quite some time because it's not like the lanes get changed out every year.
1: Well, Sean, my my follow up on that is, I guess, then when it comes to that, what it sounds like is. If you go back to a place 10 years from now and you're on the middle part of the lanes and you're like, well, this pair is is hung, you know, it hangs on the right side, it's always going to hang on the right side. Is that what you're saying? It's it's not like no matter what pattern they put, it may still hang a little bit. It's not like they can change the pattern and it miraculously, you know, it won't hang, right? Is that what you're right. getting
2: at? Yeah, the topography is a topography unless they come in and level it, which doesn't really happen either too often, you know, major major events or new installs. Uh, yeah, the, the tendency of the house is the tendency of the house.
1: All right. Well, Sean, I uh, want to thank you for being here. Sean Ryan, appreciate your time today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight Podcast. All the best of luck with everything as we enter your first podcast in 2021. So thank you for joining us and, oh, uh, and all the best of luck here. I know 2020 is... F- finally over so we're, we're all <laughs> glad for that i believe and and uh and we just thank you for joining us and uh all the best best of luck with everything with storm and and we uh hope to be seeing you out there on tour repping
2: yeah i appreciate
0: it thanks for having me uh best of luck to you guys in 2021 and i'm sure i'll see you guys around